Welcome to Totally Buggin', the podcast about all things creepy crawly. We are your host organisms, Cammie. And Faith. Faith. Mm-hmm. You're really ticking me off. I have a tendency to do that with people. I'm just kidding. Today <laughs> we're going to be talking about ticks. Um, now that the weather is starting to get nicer, many of us will be spending more time outdoors. However, warm weather means we are starting to get into tick season. So today we're going to learn about ticks the diseases that they spread, and how to stay safe during tick season. So we're going to start off by just a very brief introduction to what ticks are. Ticks are parasitic arachnids. Faith, can you remind us what that means? So a parasitic parasitic means that they feed on another organism, and then an arachnid is... Um, a type of arthropod similar to like a spider. So I believe they have eight legs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Arachnids are eight legged arthropods with mm-hmm. two defined body segments. And parasitic means that this organism lives in or on a host and gets its food at the expense of the host. Ticks are under the superorder Parasitiforms, which includes all mites and belong to the order Exodida which comes from the Greek word meaning sticky. Can you guess why it might be derived from a word meaning sticky? Um, Is it because they, like, stick on... Yep, they grab on you with their little teeth Mm -hmm. and then they don't let go. Yes, they stick to you. Ticks tend to prefer warm, humid environments. And all ticks are subject to an incomplete metamorphosis life cycle. So they begin life as an egg, hatch into larva and then transition to a nymph stage and finally grow into adults. Mm-hmm. Adult ticks have pear-shaped bodies that become engorged after a blood meal. Faith. <laughs> Why does this blood meal prove problematic for humans? Um, well, first of all, uh, tick bites normally hurt, or they are at least itchy, and this is how ticks spread diseases, mm-hmm. is because since they're sucking your blood, they get... Um, exposed to your blood and spread diseases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When a tick bites a human and feeds off of their blood, they can be a vector for various diseases. So we're going to talk about a few of the biggest tick-borne diseases in the United States. Mm-hmm. Of course, there are tick-borne diseases outside of the U.S., but since we live in Pennsylvania and most of our listeners also live in the United States, we're just going to limit our scope to... American ticks. Mm. And in the future, we might do a follow-up where we talk in depth about one particular tick-borne disease, Mm -hmm. or we expand on some international tick-borne diseases. But just for today, we're going to give you an overview. I'm going to base a lot of my information that I'm giving you off of a very comprehensive document that the CDC released Mm -hmm. that covers most of the known tick-borne diseases that are in the United States and elsewhere. Okay. One quick little piece of information that I need to give you, uh, a definition that I'm, for a word that I'm going to be using a lot, is incubation period. So an incubation period is the time between exposure to a pathogen and the beginning of disease symptoms. So, like, it would be, like, the time in between when someone sneezes in your face and how long it takes for you to get a cold. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great (laughs) example. The time between you getting sneezed on to when you start sneezing. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yes, and a lot of 
the so the problem with ticks is not that the tick itself is causing disease directly. Mm -hmm. The tick has some kind of pathogen in or on its body that it then transmits to the host. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the tick is spreading the disease. The tick is not causing it. It is causing it because in in a roundabout way, but, you know, it's just kind of a a little bit of a clarification that I wanted to make. Okay. So we're going to go through some bacterial tick diseases to start with. Mm -hmm. And we're going to start with the big one, Lyme disease. Ooh, that's that's a big one here. Mm -hmm. Lyme disease is caused by bacteria Borrelia burgdorferi and Borrelia maoni. Mm -hmm. It's common in the upper Midwestern, Northeastern, and Mid-Atlantic states. So at Pennsylvania, we are at risk. We are at (laughs) risk. You're right. (laughs) It's a good one. Um, We are... Penn State students, so that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little a little Penn State humor for you. Yeah. Lyme disease has an incubation period between three and thirty days. Mm-hmm. The first symptoms tend to include fever, chills, malaise, fatigue, and headache. These are broad symptoms that pretty much all of the diseases that I'm going to mention have in common. Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult to diagnose a tick-borne illness based only on having a fever and chills. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times what will be done to diagnose you with a particular tick-borne disease is that they'll take a sample of your blood or some other sort of sample and they'll run PCR on it. So they'll do a PCR test to test for the DNA of whatever the causative pathogenic agent is. Mm -hmm. So, for example... If you were testing for Lyme disease using PCR, you'd take your sample and you would see if it has DNA from a Borrelia bacterium. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. The textbook symptom of Lyme disease is the bullseye rash, which is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, it's a, a red circular rash around the site of where... The person was bitten. There's actually a push to have more diversity in describing Lyme disease symptoms because Mm -hmm. textbooks usually only have photos of Lyme disease affecting light-skinned individuals. Mm -hmm. So that leads to dark-skinned patients being diagnosed later and having more severe disease. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's some... There, there are some researchers who are who their specific focus is to better describe the symptoms of diseases like Lyme disease yeah. in people with darker skin. Yeah, I've never thought of that before. Mm-hmm. Like how, like if you maybe think you have Lyme's disease and then you look it up, you can only see pictures of skin that doesn't look like your skin, so you wouldn't be sure. Yeah, so it's it's hard if you have dark skin to go on Google Images and look up bullseye rash, and then all you have to compare it to is a bunch of white people arms with bright red red Target logo on them. I've just never thought of that before. Yeah. Man. Yeah, so a lot of doctors didn't think about that for a long time. And now that healthcare is slowly becoming more diverse... Slowly. Yes, very (laughs) slowly. That's something that 
is very, very slowly starting to be remedied. Lyme disease can result in deadly cardiac abnormalities and it is treated by antibiotics. Most of the bacterial diseases um, can be treated by doxycycline. If there's some deviation with the particular antibiotic that you can treat it with, then I will mention it. But doxycycline is typically the first one that you'll be treated with if you're suspected of having a bacterial tick-borne infection. Um, I had an uncle of mine who had uh, Lyme's disease, but he didn't uh, get it treated mm-hmm. for a really long time. So he had a lot of the... Uh, like mobility mm-hmm. side effects later on. Yeah, it can become like a chronic illness yeah. if not treated as soon as possible. All of these diseases, it's best to get diagnosed as early, early as possible and get treatment started as soon as you're suspected of having the d- disease. Yeah. So for a lot of the bacterial infections, if you are believed to have one of them, before the test has completely confirmed it, they'll usually start you on the cycle of antibiotics. Yeah, because it won't hurt anything. Like, even if you don't have it, you you won't get hurt by taking antibiotics. So you do have to be careful with prescribing antibiotics because you don't want to cause antibiotic resistance to yeah. make other uh, bacteria more difficult to treat yeah, later on. Like, you can't prescribe antibiotics for colds or stuff yeah or for like a viral infection but if if you're believed to have a bacterial infection it's better they get you started yes Mm -hmm. okay so next we'll talk about tick-borne relapsing fever okay tbrf which is also caused by a borrelia bacteria Mm -hmm. borrelia hermsii or (laughs) borrelia turicotai Mm -hmm. it's common in the western mountains you're not at high risk if you live in pennsylvania Mm -hmm. Incubation period is about seven days, causes fever, headache, myalgia, and can cause meningoencephalitis, cranial neuritis, and ocular manifestations, so like vision, rare acute respiratory distress is also a possibility, Mm -hmm. and this is a concern for uh, people who are pregnant because it can be transmitted transplacentally. Transplacentally. Um, This is also treated by antibiotics, which can be difficult to treat when there's neurological symptoms and Mm -hmm. during pregnancy. So, Mm -hmm. again, you want to try and get diagnosed as soon as possible. Then we've got hard tick relapsing fever. Same spread as Lyme disease, so you're at risk in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. The incubation period is three days to six weeks. Um, You have fever, chills, relapsing fever in 10 to 40% of cases. So the fever is on and off. It comes back. Um, Fatigue and myalgia. There's no controlled treatment trials, but success has been reported with Lyme disease treatment protocols. Oh, okay. So this is less common. That's part of why there haven't been controlled treatment trials. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Next, we have anaplasmosis. This is caused by the bacteria anaplasma phagocytophilum, formerly known as human granulocytic ehrlichiasis. Um, But we don't call it that anymore. Okay. Because uh, ehrlichiasis is the next one that we're going to talk about. um, Or, excuse me, ehrlichiosis. Oh, okay. And this is caused by a different type of bacteria. Okay. 
So the incubation period for anaplasmosis is 5 to 14 days. It's got the same kind of uh, it's got the same kind of symptoms as hard tick relapsing fever and is treated by antibiotics immediately upon suspicion of disease. Mm-hmm. Now going on to ehrlichiosis. This is caused by bacteria Ehrlichia chaffinsis, Ehrlichia ewingi, and Ehrlichia muris euclarensis. Scientists didn't make all of these names easy on us. <laughs> no, not today. This uh, bacteria Ehrlichia chaffinsis mm-hmm. can be fatal, but no deaths have been reported for the other two that I just listed. Okay, that's good. So this is common in the southeastern U.S., um, all the way to Texas. Mm-hmm. Incubation period is 5 to 14 days, and symptoms include fever, chills, headache, malaise, muscle pain, uh, gastrointestinal sy- symptoms, so like stomach ache and nausea, all that stuff. Um, also, like altered appetite. Yeah. Altered mental status and a rash. Uh, this is treated by antibiotics as soon as possible because delay can be deadly in treating this disease. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. My favorite. Really? It's just the funny name. Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. It's very literally named. <laughs> um, it's caused by bacteria Rickettsia rickettsii. That's my favorite of the bacteria to say. Rickettsia. Rickettsia rickettsii. Um, it's spread by the American dog tick in eastern, central, and western United States, Rocky Mountain wood tick in the Rocky Mountain regions, and the brown dog tick in the southwestern U.S. along the Mexican border. Okay. Incubation period is 3 to 12 days. Mm-hmm. Early symptoms tend to be high fever, severe headache, malaise, gastrointestinal symptoms, edema around the eyes, and on the back of the hands. Uh, what's edema? Edema is puffiness caused by excess fluid trapped in the body's tissues. So, like, swelling. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, just I don't know why they couldn't have just said swelling. Yeah, I was going to say, they have to have a fancy name for everyday things. Yep, so your eyes and back of hands can get um, swollen. Mm-hmm. Um, a rash typically appears after two to five days of symptom onset in 90% of patients. Mm-hmm. Maculopapular rash is a small, flat, pink rash that's not itchy, on the wrists, forearms, and ankles. Mm-hmm. After six days, may develop a petechia rash, mm-hmm. which has red and purple spots, which is a sign of progression to more severe disease. You want to make sure that somebody is treated well before the symptom can appear. Okay. Late symptoms can include altered mental status, coma, cerebral edema, so brain swe- swelling. Yeah, swelling in your brain. Ooh. Respiratory compromise, necrosis, like rotting skin. Yeah, rotting flesh, and multi organ system damage. So, this can be very, very dangerous. Yeah. This is treated with doxycycline, as many of the aforementioned diseases are. <laughs> okay, next we've got rickettsiosis, which is caused by the bacteria Rickettsia parkeri. Crickets. <laughs> I think a short thing is. Uh, I think so. Rickets. Mm hmm. Yeah, so this is transmitted by Gulf Coast ticks in the eastern U.S., Mm -hmm. has an incubation period of 2 to 10 days, and has symptoms that are similar to but less severe than Rocky Mountain spotted fever. Mm -hmm. It is always associated with inoculation 
Eshar, mm-hmm. which is an ulcerated necrotic lesion at the site of tick attachment. Ooh, so like the skin starts to die around where the yeah. tick bit you? Yes. Ugh. So this one's also doxycycline. Okay. We've got our last bacterial disease, tularemia, which is caused by the bacteria Francisella tularensis, tularensis which is highly infectious and can spread by contact with infected deer flies and several species of ticks, Mm -hmm. as well as infected carcasses of wildlife like rabbits. Okay, this is... Sorry, I just had a... I saw someone... I was out with someone the other day, and there was a dead bird on the sidewalk, and they're like, is that a dead bird? And, like, walk right up to it, and I'm, like, pulling them, yeah, get away from it! That's why... Dead things. Yeah, um, I saw a dead rabbit the other day. And dead I was, things have things on them that cause I was, diseases. Yeah. I was like, Max, don't look, dead chungus. No. Um, Sorry. Yeah, so another thing that can happen is if you're not being careful mm-hmm. when you're mowing your lawn. Oh, okay. um, If you accidentally mow over... A dead, infected mouse or even a rabbit. This can cause an aerosol of the disease. And if you inhale it, yeah, yeah. inhalation of aerosols is another possible way of transmission. Mm -hmm. It's found in all states except for Hawaii with an incubation period of three to five days. Mm -hmm. Um, There's an extremely diverse set of symptoms and this can be fatal fatal Mm -hmm. so this one is a bit of an anomaly for the treatment it is treated with gentamicin and ciprofloxacin it is which is not fda approved in the u.s actually i wonder why or the secondary treatment is doxycycline yep yep anything that ends in cycline Mm -hmm. tetracycline or the cillins amoxicillin (laughs) penicillin yeah Okay, now we've got a parasitic disease. So this one is not caused by a bacteria. Okay. This is babsiosis. Mm-hmm. It is caused by Babsia microti. Mm-hmm. These parasites infect red blood cells and can be transmitted by blood transfusion as well as tick bites. It is mm-hmm. common in the northeastern and upper midwestern U.S. And symptoms include fever, chills, sweats, fatigue... GI symptoms, and dark urine. Some other symptoms that are less common include a dry cough, sore throat, photophobia, and conjunctival injection. Severe cases can be fatal as they can cause acute respiratory distress, renal renal failure, and altered mental status. You said this was uh, transmittable by blood transfusion? Yep. Do they not check for this then when they take donor blood? Oh, they they screen for a wide range of pathogens when oh, okay. um, within donor blood. Um, I am not a hundred percent certain that this is one of them, but I would presume as such. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're unlikely to get a. You're unlikely to get it from a but blood it, transfusion. But it can happen. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. It's that's a risk. So that's part of why it's important for blood to be screened before it goes from oh, yeah, donor absolutely. to patient. Mm-hmm. So the treatment is 
There's two options. Mm -hmm. So there's azithromycin Mm -hmm. with adivacone, which is taken with a fatty meal. I'm not sure exactly why. You get a good tasty meal with your medicine? Oh, it doesn't say tasty. It says fatty. So I'm, conf- I'm confused now. What do they mean? It, I, I think it has something to do with, like, preventing, like, gastrointestinal side effects, maybe. Like, perhaps the fat helps absorb some of that in yeah. your stomach and, like... What would constitute as a fatty meal, then? Like, maybe, like, fast a fat... Food? No, I, I think probably, like, a... It's probably something with, like, healthy fats, like, okay. um... Like Peanut grilled butter. salmon or something. Oh, you know what? I'll take salmon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to get this yeah. disease now and then I No, get... don't no. don't go out no. trying to get babesiosis. Yeah, do not. Um, alternatively, it can be treated with clindamycin mm-hmm. and quinine. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now we're going to move on to viral diseases, which we've got three. Mm-hmm. So there's heartland virus disease. Mm-hmm. Which just makes me think of this horrible show that my mom and sister oh, the used to Heartland. watch. Yeah, the Heartland, which was like about um, this family in Canada, and they had a horse ranch. And oh, I did not like this show. Isn't the lady who played either Aunt Becky or DJ from Full House on it? You're thinking of another terrible show that my sister used to watch, which is called When Calls the Heart. Which That's was what on, it is. Which That's was on Hallmark. Is. Okay. Yeah, my sister Landry is a connoisseur of bad television, but my mom watched Heartland with her, and then they got my grandparents into it. Oh, no. Both sets of grandparents. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm not a big fan. (laughs) This makes me prejudiced against this disease because I'm like, oh, not Heartland. There were, like, 14 seasons of of that horse stuff. Like We probably should be prejudiced against all diseases. Yes, but this one I immediately am like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Not Heartland. Not Heartland. <laughs> so this one's uncommon. Okay. But it has appeared in Midwestern and Southern states. Mm-hmm. The incubation period is unknown because of such a small sample size, mm-hmm. but it's estimated to be about two weeks. Treatment is supportive care. There are not good antivirals or other treatments mm-hmm. and has been fatal for some individuals with comorbidities. Okay. So older people... And people with, like, autoimmune diseases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more dangerous for people mm-hmm. who have those issues. Pre-existing problems. Yes. Next, we've got Colorado tick fever, which is caused by Colorado tick fever virus. They definitely were a lot less creative with naming the viruses than naming the bacteria. Really punishing me hey, it with makes that it, one. It makes it straightforward, though. Exactly. What, what causes Colorado tick fever? Colorado Colorado tick tick fever fever virus. (laughs) I can just imagine, like, doctors on their tests, like, what is Colorado tick fever? Oh, that one's easy. It's just virus after it. Yeah, um, I did take a parasitology class two Mm -hmm. semesters ago, and it was a pain to keep these straight. Oh, that would drive me nuts. Yeah, so Colorado tick fever is caused by Colorado tick fever virus, and it is spread across the western United States. It is also at risk of being spread through blood transfusion, mm-hmm. has an incubation period of between 1 and 14 days, and causes fever, chills, headaches, myalgia, and lethargy, as well as biphasic illness in half of patients, 
So it's like cycles of two to three days where you'll have symptoms and then they'll go away for a couple days and then it'll come back. Mm -hmm. So that's what biphasic illness means. Okay. There aren't any specific treatments or antivirals. So care includes rests, fluids, and over-the-counter pain medications. Mm -hmm. In severe cases, you might be hospitalized and given intravenous fluids and more aggressive pain medication. So... Is this kind of one where you just have to wait for it to go away? Yeah, these viruses are yeah. very difficult to... It's it's much harder to get an antiviral than an antibiotic. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So that's why when you have a stomach bug or a cold, you, you have to just wait, wait it out it. and treat the symptoms. You, yeah. you can't really treat the underlying cause of the disease itself, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But... I do know that there's research being done into a lot of these tick-borne illnesses, Mm -hmm. trying to get better ways to treat them and prevent them as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, our last disease that we're going to talk about is Powassan virus disease, which is caused by... Powassan virus. Yes! This one occurs in the northeastern states and Great Lakes region, and occasionally mid-Atlantic states. So this one, I remember being highlighted as like a big, like, concern... Mm-hmm. Um, this one has an incubation period of one to four weeks and causes fever, headache, vomiting, weakness, and typically progresses to meningoencephalitis. That's why it's a concern because yeah. you don't want meningoencephalitis. No. So there are no antivirals. So if you have this disease, it's just supportive care. Yeah. So stinks. now we've gone over all of the diseases that can be transmitted by ticks Mm-hmm. And so now I hope you understand the importance of being safe during tick season. So yeah. we're going to talk a little bit about how you can be safer during tick season. Mm-hmm. So the good news is for the majority of these diseases, it takes at least 24 hours from the tick biting you mm-hmm. to the tick actually transmitting any pathogen. Mm-hmm. So if you can remove any ticks on your body within 24 hours of them getting there, you are unlikely to experience any of these diseases. Um, And then if you, if you maybe like don't know you have a tick on you and then like you, you're not sure if it was within 24 hours, uh, keep an eye on uh, the bite and then symptoms and then. If you need to go to the doctor, tell them, hey, I was bit by a tick a few days ago. Mm -hmm. So they know to check for tick diseases. Yep. So a couple of ways to prevent getting in contact with the ticks at all Mm -hmm. is to avoid areas with high grass and leaf litter because this is where they like to live Mm because they like those warm, humid environments. This is... This is a good segue for my tick story. Oh, go for it. It was a little weird because it was October, but my, okay. my dad and I... Well, it depends on where you were. We were here. We were oh. in Pennsylvania. So yeah, we can have some warm Octobers. Yeah, it was just... You don't normally think of October as tick time. Yep. Um, But I was out... My dad had moved into a new apartment complex, so I was out romping around with the dog in the, um, like, leaf... Like, out in the leaf litter woods, like... Uh, probably, oh my gosh, what am I trying to say? (sighs) Tick. Anyway, I go back inside, and I'm gonna take a shower, and then I find a tick on my sternum, 
and it hadn't attached yet, thankfully, but I had to, like, pick it off with my bare hands and then put it in the toilet and flush it down the toilet. <laughs> and then I had to, it was embarrassing. I had to be like, Dad, will you check my back for ticks? I want to make sure I don't have any other ticks on me. Yeah, I mean, I know it can feel a little bit embarrassing, but it is, a, yeah, it is a good idea to have somebody that you trust test you or check you for ticks. Yeah. So, Okay. You avoid the areas with the high grass and the leaf litter to mm-hmm. avoid getting ticks. You can also avoid them by walking in the center of trails when you're hiking and not, like, trying to touch all of the leaves. Yeah. You can also use insect repellent on skin and clothes as directed by the bottle and mm-hmm. reapply as needed. Um, you can also use clothes and other products like tents and boots mm-hmm. treated with permethrin yeah. when camping or hiking. And a couple of other things that you can do Mm -hmm. include treating your dog with a flea and tick medication as directed by your vet. Mm -hmm. So we both have dogs. Yeah. Um, I've got a little Buffy and you've got a little Phoebe. Phoebe. So Buffy used to hate getting her little flea and tick medication because it was was like an oil that you put on her back. back. And it would make her so greasy and she would try and like roll around and like get it off. I think... Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of the heartworm medication. Because the heartworm is just, like, a little treat thing that you can give to them. But flea and tick, I think we still flea have Flea and to. tick, they also have in that form where you hide it in a treat. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And I think that's what Phoebe gets. Yeah, so make sure that if you have a dog or any other kind of pet that goes outdoors, mm-hmm. they have been treated for flea and tick prevention as directed by your veterinarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, It's also a good idea to shower as soon as possible after outdoor activity that might expose you to ticks and to tumble dry clothes on high heat for 10 minutes to kill any ticks on dry clothing. That's a good one. I've never heard of that one before. Yeah. Um, Of course, it is Mm -hmm. also very important to check for ticks whenever you've been outside. So after being outside for a hike or yard work during tick season... You should perform a self-check for ticks or ask someone you trust to help you check. Um, it can be a little bit of a like intimate, invasive yeah. test because you do have to check like almost your entire body. Yeah. So it should be someone you trust. It can be a parent, a close friend, a partner. Um, but, you know. Yeah. You, you might be uncomfortable doing a, a good check. tick check with someone you're not as familiar with so yeah. try and make sure that you have somebody that you trust mm-hmm. with you who who can you can check each other for ticks mm-hmm. um you can also check yourself with a mirror like a handheld mirror yeah i've had to do that before yeah it's just a little bit more difficult to do on mm-hmm. yourself sometimes and for kids definitely a parent should be the one to check them yeah they don't they just they, they, they don't they do, do well a with good a job yeah. yeah they don't do well with self-checks no So some areas to pay close attention to are under the arms, Mm -hmm. in and around the ears, inside the belly button. Oh, I didn't know that They like warm, moist environments. So if you've been sweating, any Mm -hmm. area that's going to collect sweat um, is somewhere they're going to like. The back of your knees, the, you know, where I like to call the knee pit. Knee pits. Mm -hmm. And in your hair and around the hairline, Mm -hmm. as well as your thighs. Yeah. Um... 
It's also important to check like your ankles if you're wearing long pants um, because that's like any exposed skin mm -hmm. is where a tick is going to try and get you. I think the one... Because you might be walking through the grass and you brush against a tick and that's how they get on. I think the one that got on me, like, because I was wearing, like, long pants and socks, it probably crawled up my pants mm -hmm. and then, like, up under my shirt. Yep. So... It's possible. Or it could have gone, um, like, your the neckline of your oh, sweater or your, um, your sleeves. Sleeve. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of ways that they can get in. But generally, it's because you brushed skin against it or brushed clothing Close. against it. Mm -hmm. okay. um, so it's also important to examine clothing, pets, and equipment before, mm -hmm. um, before using them again. You want to make sure that you do that as soon as possible after you've gone inside mm -hmm. because you don't want ticks In your walking house. around. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Okay. So after you've checked for ticks, what do you do if you find one? So don't panic because precision is key here because you really don't want to break off a piece of the tick oh, that's yeah. like bits. That's, that's not good. So use clean, fine-tipped tweezers to grab the tick gently as close to the skin as possible. Mm -hmm. You pull upwards steadily. Don't twist it or jerk the tick because you can cause the mouth parts to break off in the skin. Yeah. If that happens... Use the tweezers to try and get dig them the out. Parts out. Don't dig them out. Well, like, not dig them out. Try but like pull them out. Yes. Okay. Um, you should clean the bite area and your hands with soap and water. And when you've removed the tick, don't crush it with your fingers, um, because then if they have any, if they have already taken a blood meal, you're going to get blood on your fingers. Mm -hmm. And if they are carrying any disease then you're going to get that on your fingers, and then if you touch any yeah. other area, that could end up getting you sick. Mm -hmm. So put it in a plastic bag with alcohol and seal it. Or flush it down the toilet, So like I did. That is a good way to get rid of the tick, but if you... It won't you, kill it? No, it would kill the okay, tick. Okay, okay. But it's a good idea to hold on to the dead tick, oh. because if you start having disease symptoms, oh. then they can test the tick... And they'll be able to treat you better based on what specifically that tick was carrying. I have never heard of that before. Okay, yeah. cool. Same thing with um, if you find a tick on your dog. Um, You're supposed to keep the tick? Yep, oh. if you can. Okay. Yeah, and to check your dog for ticks, you kind of just part their fur mm -hmm. as best as you can and you check, like, their skin. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, and if you develop symptoms of... Illness, you can have the tick examined and potentially tested for the pathogens you might have been exposed to. Yeah, that'll probably go way faster if they can just check the tick exactly. instead of checking you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's my overview of the risks of tick bites and how you can keep yourself and your beloved pets safe during tick season. So everybody make sure that you... Have a buddy who can check you for ticks. Happy tick season. Yep. Hey, Faith, uh, can you can you check me right here? Yeah. No tick. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.